You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project Podcast. Mike here. So thankful that you're going through this journey with me. We're just going through the Bible, reading it conversationally in an attempt to recognize that the Bible is just about very real people who are being used and taught and led and disciplined by a very real God. And this, what we learn here in the Bible is all part of this conversation that we get to have with God as as the Bible is his love letter to us saying, I love you so much and I want you to to get to know me better. And so that's what we're about here. And, and hopefully this is a, a new and refreshing way to experience the Bible. We are in the book of Acts, about halfway through the book of Acts right now. And we're taking a look at the Acts of the Apostles, and more specifically, the Apostle named Paul. He used to be known as Saul, but he's gone uh, through a little bit of a name change, probably to help his image <laughs> in the eyes of the Christians who um, he used to persecute, but he does not do that anymore. He saw a major transformation in his life uh, by Jesus approaching him one-on-one and saying, hey, Stop doing that. Come, I've, I want to use your passion. I want to use your intellect. I want to use your pers- gifts of persuasion for my glory. So that's where Paul is now. Um, I've heard it said that what you're saved through is what you're saved to. And that is if you're saved through a feel-good, emotional mountaintop experience, that you're saved to a life of faith that relies on emotions to feel the presence of God, which is not really faith. And on the other hand, if you're saved through logical reasoning that the Bible must be true, you're saved to a life of faith that is convinced the Bible is true even when emotions don't line up. Now, okay, this is not to say that emotions don't play a vital role in the greatest decision of our life, and it certainly doesn't mean that we can't grow in greater reasoning or greater emotion in our faith walk. But we need to make sure that we dig deeper roots to prepare for the inevitable storms in this life. Paul is an example of a man who gave his life to Jesus through a logical reframing of his mindset, and that stuck with him even in the hard times. But even in those times, he didn't have to find the strength in himself. Let's see Paul and his companions navigate the trials of God's mission here in Acts 15 through 16. Some men came down from Judea and taught the brothers, Unless you're circumcised after the custom of Moses, you can't be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small discord and discussion with them, they appointed Paul and Barnabas and some others of them to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. They, being sent on their way by the assembly, passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. They caused great joy to all the brothers. When they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the assembly and the apostles and the elders, and they reported everything that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up, saying, 
It's necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to see about this matter. When there had been much discussion, Peter rose up and said to them, Brothers, you know that a good while ago God had made a choice among you that by my mouth the nations should hear the word of the good news and believe. God, who knows the heart, testified about them, giving them the Holy Spirit just like he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you tempt God that you should put a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that we're saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they are. All the multitude kept silence, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul reporting what signs and wonders God had done among the nations through them. After they were silent, James answered, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon had reported how God first visited the nations to take out of them a people for his name. This agrees with the words of the prophets, as it's written, After these things I will return. I will again build the tabernacle of David, which has fallen. I will again build his ruins. I will set it up that the rest of men may seek after the Lord, all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. All of God's works are known to him from eternity. Therefore, my judgment is that we don't trouble those from among the Gentiles who turn to God, but that we write to them that they abstain from the pollution of idols, from sexual immorality, from what is strangled and from blood, from Moses, from generations of old, has in every city those who preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole assembly to choose men out of their company and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, chief men among the brothers. They wrote these things by their hand. The apostles, the elders, and the brothers, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Sicilia, greetings. Because we've heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying, you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no commandment, it seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose out men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who themselves will also tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these necessary things, that you abstain from things that sacrifice to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality, from which if you keep yourselves, it will be well with you. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch. Having gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. When they had read it, they rejoiced over the encouragement. Judas and Silas, also being prophets themselves, encouraged the brothers with many words and strengthened them. After they had spent some time there, they were dismissed in peace from the brothers to the apostles. But Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch, preaching and teaching the word of the Lord with many others also. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's return now and visit our brothers in every city in which we proclaimed the word of the Lord to see how they're doing. Barnabas planned to take John, who was called Mark, with them also, but Paul didn't think that it was a good idea to take with them someone who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia 
and didn't go with them to do the work. Then the contention grew so sharp that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and went out, being commended by the brothers to the grace of God. He went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the assemblies. He came to Derbe and Lystra, and a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewess who believed, but his father was a Greek. The brothers who were at Lystra and Iconium gave a good testimony about him. Paul wanted to have him go out with him, and he took and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered the decrees to them to keep which had been ordained by the apostles and elders who were at Jerusalem. So the assemblies were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. When they had gone through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit didn't allow them. Passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. There was a man of Macedonia standing, begging him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go out to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the good news to them. Setting sail, therefore, from Troas, we made a straight course to Samothrace, and the day following to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a city of Macedonia, the foremost of the district, a Roman colony. We were staying some days in this city. On the Sabbath day, we went outside of the city by a riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together, a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, one who worshipped God, heard us. The Lord opened her heart to listen to the things which were spoken by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. So she persuaded us. As we were going to prayer, a certain girl having a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much gain by fortune-telling. Following Paul and us, she cried out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us a way of salvation. She was doing this for many days. But Paul, becoming greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. It came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that the hope of their gain was gone... They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. When they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men, being Jews, are agitating our city and advocate customs which it is not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. The multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore their clothes from them, then commanded them to be beaten with rods. When they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and secured their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were loosened. The jailer, being roused out of sleep and seeing the prison doors open, 
drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, No, don't, don't harm yourself, for we're all here. He called for lights, sprang in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, brought them out, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was immediately baptized, he and all his household. He brought them up to his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly with all his household, having believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeants, saying, Let those men go. The jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, come out and go in peace. But Paul said to them, Oh, they have beaten us publicly without a trial, men who are Romans, and have cast us into prison. Do they now release us secretly? (laughs) No, most certainly, but let them come themselves and bring us out. The sergeants reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard they were Romans. And they came and begged them. When they had brought them out, they asked them to depart from the city. They went out of the prison and entered into Lydia's house. When they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them, then departed. You're not meant to do your God-given mission alone. Do you have a Silas who will sing praises with you even in the darkest times? Do you have a Barnabas who will give you the benefit of the doubt and encourage you with second chances? Kingdom work is community work. It's partnership. And if you feel like you're going about your God-given mission alone, or if you haven't started it yet because you're uncertain how to move forward, I personally would love to talk with you. My wife and I started a community for people just like you so that you don't have to take those leaps of faith in your God-given mission alone. So check out the show notes for a link to thegrovecreative.com to learn more. And I'd love to chat with you about that. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.